Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. This morning, as we kick off week two in Paper Walls, moving beyond the excuses that are holding us back, um, I want you to think about something, consider something with me. And maybe um, you heard this before growing up, maybe growing up in the church, some of you did not grow up in the church, but be that as it may, what, however you grew up, you probably heard this or it was communicated to you at some point. Something like this, God loves you just the way you are, okay? He loves you just the way that you are. Now, Christians, followers of Jesus have always believed this, going all the way back to the New Testament, the first century. And they believed it for good reason, because Jesus taught it. Jesus taught it, and he taught it often. One of the most famous places where Jesus taught this truth was in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. Now, John 3.16 is probably, arguably, the most well-known verse in the Bible. Some of you have it memorized. Some of you would say, I, could, I can't even find the rest of the books of the Bible, but I could quote that one, okay? Which is great. It goes like this, and if you know it, let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And it goes on to say that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life, right? But the part I want to zero in on for just a second is that God so loved the world, that God so loved the world before the world so loved God, right? Anybody in it, before they even acknowledged there was a God, before anybody ever even decided, I think I need to change my life to become more like God, he so loved the world. He made the first move. His love came first. But here's what's interesting about this, is that God, like any good parent, he didn't stop there. And you've probably heard this phrase too. God loved you just the way you are, but God loves you too much to leave you the way that you are, right? Isn't that true of any good parent? Like, if you're, if you're really, you really love your kids, you're going to ask them to do things that are going to push them out of their comfort zone. You're going to cause them to create habits and disciplines for, like, personal hygiene. Like, you need to learn how to bathe yourself, son. You need to learn how to, you know, put deodorant on and brush your teeth and just to function in the world, okay? We, and I'm not doing this to be mean. I'm doing this because I love you, okay? And in a very similar way, God causes us to go through change. He pushes us through certain phases of life, not because he's being mean, but because he loves us. And the way in which God does this sometimes is maybe one of the more shocking or alarming things that people discover about God. And sometimes they even resent him for it. But it, it, it goes something like this. God is willing to offend you God is willing to hurt your feelings at times to get you to go from where you are to where he knows you should be, to go from where you are to where you have the potential to be, where you have been created to be. And he's not doing this because he 
is trying to be mean or that he hates you or he's getting back at you for all that stuff you did before you came and walked with him. No, he's doing it because he loves you. He's doing it motivated out of love. And I want you to keep that in your memory banks as we go through this message this morning. Because as we come into a brand new year, 2024, there are things that are worth bringing with us into a new year like good friendships, good habits, and there are things that we need to leave behind. They're not worth dragging with you any further. Things like this, excuses, excuses. Excuses are like paper walls. Follow me on this. Paper walls from a distance, they kind of look real. They look impenetrable. They look like, you know, really good reasons. They're not good reasons, but they look like good reasons. And here's the thing that's interesting about excuses and reasons. There's kind of over time, and you've probably noticed this in your life, you for sure have seen it in other people. It's way easier to see in others, right? There is a fine line between excuses and reasons. Excuses and reasons, they tend to get really close together. And sometimes we can't really distinguish one from the other let's see if you, you, you feel like this is true or you've seen this happen before. Sometimes excuses can often disguise themselves. They can dress themselves up as reasons, right? They, they look so convincing. They look like paper walls until you put a little pressure and go, oh, that's not real. That's paper, that's not a real excuse. I mean, that's not a real reason. That's just an excuse. But the way that this manifests itself in our conversations, it comes out as becauses, right? This is how it tends to come out in our conversations. We tend to hide behind becauses. Hey, don't ask me if I'm exercising in 2024. I can't because this elbow hurts sometimes. I can't do that. It's painful, all right? So bye, you know, like... Don't, what, so why, why do you keep doing that thing that you know you need to quit doing? Well, because. I mean, I got, I got my reasons. What, what, why, why do you keep procrastinating and not doing the thing that you need to do? Why, why don't you go on and finish that thing you started a long time ago? That, that book you were wanting to write or that, that trip you were wanting to take as a couple or that, that commitment, that business you were going to start or whatever that thing was. Why do you keep, like, you don't, you just can't, oh, you've got all these excuses, all these becauses, but you're not willing to move forward. Here's a question before we go any further. I want you to think about, is it possible, is it possible that some of your becauses are just paper walls? They're excuses. They're just kind of well-articulated excuses that sort of you're treating like reasons, but anybody who punches on them a little bit goes, man, that, you're, you're, making, you're, you're like making major life decisions based on this? No, don't do that. And, and these, these excuses, are, they come from what someone has said to us many times. This is where they come from. It's what someone has labeled us, something that someone has called us, it's someone uh, that has, ex like, they expected certain things, and so you, you took on and you believed so completely these false things that someone said to you. They believed about you. Sometimes there are people that love us, but they were saying dumb things that were not true, and we believed them so completely, we started to adopt excuses 
to defend certain behaviors that are no good for you. We, 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 we start adopting certain excuses that defend certain reactions that are no good, overreactions that hurt other people, and we just continue to foster poor, undeveloped, immature behaviors in our life. And really, if you push on them, they're just excuses. They're just paper walls. And here's why this is so important, especially if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, or if you're considering becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's why this is so important to our Heavenly Father. It's because there is a relationship, ladies and gentlemen, a relationship between your ability to follow Jesus and your willingness to break through paper walls. If you're not willing to do this, you don't get to do this. That is going to force you to do this. You have to push through. You are going to have to push through. And, and, and there are going to be times where Jesus is going to encourage us to take that step. And you're going to have to decide, is Jesus really my king? Is he really my Lord? Because what many people, without even realizing it, has defaulted to is excuses have really become king. They're really the Lord. They're really the tyrants that are running the show in your life. Your excuses tell you what you can and can't do, what you will and won't try, what you will and won't be successful at. So your excuses now become, it's just one wall after another, paper wall. It's a prison cell, really what it is, of excuses that have walled you in and now you're so limited and stuck in your ways that you hardly try anything and your faith never gets challenged. You never move out. You never grow in your relationship with God. And Jesus is saying, it's time for that to end as we're gonna see today. Jesus is going to confront this in us. Now on one occasion, Jesus came up to a young man and he invites him. One of the greatest invitations of all time. I want you to come and follow me. Come and be a part of my kingdom. Come and be able to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And that young man, this is recorded for us over in Luke chapter 9, verse 59. This was his response to Jesus. He says, Lord, oh, this is such a great offer. First, Okay, before you, I got something else, a little higher priority. First, let me go and bury my father. Okay, so on its face, that looks legitimate. That looks reasonable. Most excuses do. Let me go, okay, I need to plan my father's funeral. I need to, you know, have a celebration of life at the end of his life. And, but that, and so if that's what it was, that would make perfect sense that that's what he was going to do. But what you, we need to understand culturally and then a first century uh, audience would have known is that nobody, nobody has a dead body waiting back at the house while they're out walking around the streets talking to Jesus, all right? Nobody. People were buried immediately after they died. What this man was in fact saying to Jesus is, someday when my father does die, let me bury him, and at that point, I'll come find you, Jesus, and then I'll follow you. That'll be a much more convenient time for me. This doesn't really work for my schedule right now, Jesus. <laughs> I'm just like, it does, I, uh, I, I would really like it if I could hold off for a few years, and then I will come and find you, and I'll, I'll make it work then. Clearly, it was an excuse to Jesus. Clearly, it was a paper wall. Jesus responds this way in verse 60. 
Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. In other words, it's Jesus saying, you're just making excuses. You're throwing up paper walls right here. I'm inviting you to come and join me, and join me in my kingdom. But your fear, your excuses, your paper wall are about to rob you of God's best. And you will look back and regret this moment because this is a window that is quickly closing. This opportunity is here now, and I can't promise that it's gonna, how much longer, I don't know how, you know, we don't know how much longer we're gonna live. We don't know how long life is. Most people overestimate how long they're gonna be on this earth. It's quick. Jesus is trying to help these people to understand you need to seize the opportunity when I put it before you. He has the same invitation to another guy. This is verse 61, same chapter. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first. Here's that but first again. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. I mean, I need to go back and have a, you know, get together with my family. And all, you know, that sounds legitimate once again. Like, of course. I mean, that seems like a, a really good excuse, like a really good reason. But Jesus saw right through this paper wall. Because he's looking around and he's seeing his 12 disciples thinking, all these guys left their families behind. They all made a priority to put Jesus first and to come and follow. Doesn't mean they'll never come back to their families. For sure they will. But he's like, there's a decision I'm calling you to make here, a commitment. I'm asking you to push through a paper wall and you've got to be willing to do that with me right here. And, and to be willing to take the step. So Jesus calls him out on this. In verse 62, here's what he says. He says, Jesus replies, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back. Now what Jesus is talking about here is this idea of furrowing, uh, uh, referring to the uh, idea of plowing a furrow across a field, right? And the way they would do it is they would lock their eyes on the other side of the field as they would furrow, dig this trench across the field, right, to get ready to plant. But you had to keep your eyes forward so that the furrow would be straight. If you're looking around, you're going to kind of be weaving all over the place. And Jesus said, in a similar way, in a metaphorical way, this is the kind of focused commitment I'm asking you to come and bring me. Not to be perfect, but I want you to come and be focused. 62, he goes on to say, so the one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is, um, pardon, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is saying to him, you're scared, you're afraid to go all in. I get that. But that fear, if you're not careful, that excuse, that paper wall is going to have uh, such a dire effect on your life you're saying no to me, and I'm going to, at least for now, I'm going to have to leave you behind. You can't go with me and hold on to that paper wall, in other words, and neither can we. I'm going to force you right now to push through. You're going to have to take a step. You're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to move into the place that scares you to death. They're like, God, I'll follow you in all the areas except for this one area. This is just too uncomfortable. It's too inconvenient. It doesn't fit where I am right now. He's saying, that's where I want to address with you right now. I want you to learn to trust me with this. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what love does. 
Love calls us out. Love tells it like it is sometimes. Calling someone out and telling it like it is is not mean when you're trying to save them from destroying themselves. And this is what Jesus was trying to do here. And when you love someone, you don't let a paper wall rob them of God's best. You don't let them rob. You, you're going to call them out. You're going to say something. That's, you'll say something like, that's not a reason. That's just an excuse. Maybe you've said this probably to somebody close to you before. You just saw it. This is a paper wall. You keep throwing this up. You keep using the same excuse, but it's just a flimsy excuse. And maybe you've said something like this in conversation. You are just making excuses. Have you ever said that before? That's pretty bold. But I bet you said it not to be mean, but because you cared about the person. You didn't want to see them living in this prison cell of flimsy paper wall excuses for the rest of their lives. It just sickened you. It made you sick at yourself. Just to think like, you have so much potential. You, you're capable of so much more. You, you keep, you know, maybe relationally you see somebody continue to connect their life with train wreck after train wreck after train wreck and you're like, you could do better. I promise you. You can make better choices. You keep lowballing and underestimating yourself. And Jesus here is saying, come and follow me. You're capable of so much more. And here's a challenging question that I want you to consider. I've wrestled with this myself, okay? Here it is. How would Jesus respond to your reasons, your excuses, your paper walls? How would he respond to yours? And, 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 and let me go back to where we started the whole message. God loves you. He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your fears, your insecurities. He knows your entire story. He knows everything about you, but he also knows your potential. He knows what you're capable of. He knows your paper walls. Now, he might say something harsh to you, right? That might be how he responds. He might say something that might hurt your feelings a little bit. Jesus, if he had the opportunity to speak to you directly, which he may in just a minute through what we're about to look at, he might tell you a parable, which he did on one occasion to directly confront paper walls in the lives of people around him. He told a parable about a master who had three servants. And these three servants were brought to the master and he says, listen, I'm about to go on a long trip. I'm gonna be gone for a long time. And I am going to entrust to you, I'm not giving it to you, but I'm entrusting to you my wealth. I'm gonna give you, to one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags of gold, and to another, he gave one bag of gold. Now, people have struggled with, why did Jesus tell the parable like this? Why didn't everybody get the same bags of gold? Why didn't everybody get the same amount? He tells us in verse 15 of Matthew 25. He says, each were giving according to his ability. It was like Jesus is telling us, he's telling us so much through this parable, but like we're not all given the same abilities in the same areas. I bet if we all went out and decided to run a 400 this afternoon, we would all come in at different times, not at the same time, right? 
If we all decided to do uh, deadlifts, you know, I bet we lift different amounts, right? We have different abilities. If we all decided to do math and be tested at math, God forbid, right? Like, I would not like that. I'm sure many of you have far greater math abilities than me, for sure. But we all have different abilities, Jesus is showing us. So they were given their gifts according to their ability. So the master goes on a long journey, we're told. Maybe it was years. He comes back and he says, okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll call you to account. I'm going to have a, a report session. Tell me what you did with what I gave you. And of course, the idea is that the, the, the bags of gold represent everything that God has entrusted to us. Time, money, resources of all sort, education, living in this country, your relationships, your marriage, your children, your education, what, all the things that he has put in your disposal, your talents and, and, and extracurriculars, your things that you're really good at, all kinds of things. And he's saying, now it's time, I want you to come and show me what you did with what I gave you. So the, the first two servants, the one that gave, was given five and the one who was given two, they came and said, okay, master, we're excited. We doubled what you gave us. Five became 10, two became four. And he had the exact same response to those two servants. I love it. Verse 23, this is what the master said to the servants. The master replied, well done, let's say it together, good and faithful servant. He's saying, this is both good and it is faithful to what I asked you to do. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. It's like, get ready, I'm about to bless your socks off, okay? I'm about to give you greater things. Now, whether Jesus was talking about heaven someday in this life and in heaven someday doesn't really matter. He's telling us there is coming a time where this is going to take place spiritually for all people. He says, come and share in your master's happiness. In other words, this was a win-win. You, you, you treated well, you invested well what I gave you. This blessed me. I'm gonna return the blessing upon you. Win-win. Now, the third servant who had the single bag of gold, it was time for him to come and have his reckoning before the Lord. But let me just ask you to think about something with me for a second. Every parable that Jesus ever told, he was teaching us something about us and about God. There was always a metaphor within the parable that represented God, and there was one that represented us, okay? So, based on what I have read to you and shared with you so far from this parable, what character in this parable represented God? The the master, all right? I promise this is not a trick question, all right? Yes. And so the one that represents his audience, everybody who was listening, and every one of you that's listening right now, all of us, it, what represented, who represented us was the servants. Exactly right. So I want you to keep that in mind as we read this last part, okay, about the third servant. It says, this is the third servant. He's coming before the master, right? He says, master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, right? Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. Let me explain this for a second. It was like the third servant is saying, now before I tell you what I did, okay? Before I tell you what I did, you need to know it's not my fault, okay? If you hadn't been the kind of man that you are, 
I wouldn't have done what I did. So really, it's not my fault, it's your fault. You're the reason I did what I did. So he's saying that, listen, I know that this is going to sound like an excuse. It's going to sound like a paper wall over here, but you need to know it's like really legitimate. It's like a real reason, right? Let's see what the master has to say. So he goes on to say in verse 25, he says, so I was afraid. He's, he's admitting fear has motivated what I did. I was scared to death of the outcome. I was scared of the future. I was fearful of what others might think of me. I was fearful of what you might think of me. I was afraid of all kinds of things. My fear dictated what I did next. And here's what I did. I went out and hid, not my gold, but your gold. He acknowledges what was given to me was not mine to keep. It was entrusted to me to manage, to manage well. So I did it in the ground. I literally went, <clears throat> dug a hole, put the gold, buried it in the ground somewhere where no one could find it. You'd be really happy to know that. So no one could find it. See, here is what belongs to you. In other words, don't be mad. It's not my fault. It's your fault. To which the master surprisingly said to him, no worries. It really didn't matter in the end. Winky emoji. <laughs> Here's a gift card. Go get you a venti mocha with sprinkles for your troubles. No, that's not why. That's why you need to read the Bible so nobody will fool you like that, right? <laughs> Verse 26, actually, the master actually said, he says, you wicked, lazy servant. Like Jesus is showing us, if you let this dictate what you can and can't do in your life, according to your Father in heaven, according to the God of the universe, you will be a lazy person. You will opt out of all kinds of things that God intended for you to do and to be a part of and to step out and exercise faith and try stuff that's going to scare you sometimes. That's okay. Be saying, don't be lazy. So you knew that I harvest where I have not gathered seed, uh, have not gathered seed, uh, scattered seed, and well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, and I highlighted that because he is going to return. Jesus reiterated this over and over and over. There's coming a day I will return and there will be a reckoning. There will be an accountability moment. You will be held accountable for what you did with what you were given. And it's so important that you seize the moments while you have them before the window of time is gone. He goes on to say, so that when I returned, I would have received back with interest. In other words, there is no excuse for this, Jesus is showing us. No excuse, no paper wall is good enough for I didn't do anything with it. You allowed fear to blind you, excuses to imprison you and to hold you back. You use them to justify apathetic behavior one after another after another and now your opportunity your window of opportunity is gone he says to the servant and here is why this is such a sobering reality for each one of us is because we if we're not careful will be just like that servant there are many of us in the room 
I would say every one of us, myself included, that are dangerously close to squandering the gifts, talents, abilities, opportunities that God has blessed us with that we have never even asked the question, God, how would you like to use what you've given me for you, for your glory, for your kingdom? How would you like to do that? Before my time is gone, that's an incredibly powerful question to ask, a sobering question. And here is even more sobering. Here's how Jesus wraps up the end of this parable. Verse 30, he's talking about the third servant that only had the one and did nothing with it, right? Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What was Jesus' point? Was it, well, all the people who make excuses are going to go to hell? No, thankfully. No, that is not what he was saying. But this is disturbing, and he meant for it to be. He's saying, behind all of this, you need to be reminded, God loves you, that he so loved you before you ever so loved him. He loved you, he still does. He loves you. But you're about to, if you're not paying attention, you will miss some of the most critical and important opportunities of your lifetime because of paper walls, excuses that we make over and over. We make them to ourselves, we tell them to other people. But think about it like this. Anybody uh, ever consider here way back before Tesla stock went public, like you could have bought it back then? Like, man, that would be worth a lot now, right? Have you ever had another opportunity, it's like where you missed an opportunity? Like I, I totally could have taken advantage of that opportunity, but I missed it. And it was even bigger than the one I just talked about. It was huge. It was an opportunity with your child or with your marriage or whatever. And you excused, excused, excused it away. And now you just are sick. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is a good description of the way that you feel. There is this this, this, this disappointment that is deep in your heart. I wish I would have utilized, I wish I would have made good use of the opportunity while I still had time. I regret it over and over. Jesus is trying to help us to not be robbed of the opportunity of a lifetime to follow him, to serve him, to leverage what we have and lay up treasure in heaven, to do it for unto him, to him. And there is freedom that will come to our life from living this way, that we finally break out of the prison of paper walls, excuses, and all these things that have kept us for so long. And he's saying there's a whole nother world on the other side of this that you haven't even begun to explore. You're so scared to death. You, you just convinced yourself that's not for me and I'll never be able to do that and I'll never have access to that. Said, Don't live like that anymore. You see, Jesus is disturbingly intense right here because he loves you intensely. He loves you intensely. And this is what you do. This is what we all do for people that we love, that we see that are about to drive themselves off a cliff. We say, whoa, 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 don't go that way. No, 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 no. In that moment, you don't really care if it sounds a little offensive or it's harsh or it hurts their feelings a little bit. You're just saying, I love you too much to watch you destroy yourself. And this is what we see Jesus doing over and over for those who are bowing down their lives to the tyranny of excuses. 
Don't let this be your life. Don't let this be your story, the parable of your life. While you still have time, make use. Invest in the things of God. Here's the question I want you to think about as we wrap up. How would Jesus respond to your reasons, your paper walls, your excuses today? What would he say to you? Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way, right? To give up your excuses. Follow me. They are holding you back. That's what he would say to many of you here. Don't waste this moment of time. Don't tell him, but first, but first, tell him, I put you first. I put you first. Here's the application prayer. I'm asking you to pray with me right now. It's saying, literally just saying to the Lord, Lord, I bring you my excuses today. I don't want to look back with regret over living behind paper walls. I'm asking you to help me break through and live as you intended. Would you be willing to do that? That is a bold, scary, if you really go out and do that, a life-changing, game-changing prayer. And I believe Jesus said that is exactly the kind of prayers I want my followers to pray. I, I, I want more people. In 2024, more people to be willing to pray gutsy, courageous prayers like that. God, you just point to where the wall is and let me, give me the strength and the truth to tear it down. Deconstruct that lie that someone has told you about you or about the world and trust what Jesus said. If you would, let's bow together in prayer right now. And in this prayer time, I want to ask you, would you be willing to just to lay down the paper walls and just say, God, I surrender this to you. I'm not going to let that lie, that, that, that excuse, that paper wall, wall me in any longer. I'm done. Would you just give it to him? Because so many people, ladies and gentlemen, they excuse their life away. They excuse their marriage away. They excuse their relationship with their kids away. They excuse their health away. They excuse their faith away. Oh, I, I can't do that because. I can't do that now. I can't do it. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. We excuse, excuse, excuse. Until we've missed our opportunity. Life is so brief. Let us not squander it. Let's go before the Lord right now. God, we thank you for your love. I pray all across this room, from floor to ceiling, balcony, and, and floor, those watching online right now, God, may you move on our hearts to say, no more, God. I do not want to live as a slave to these lies, these excuses, these tyrants these little evil kings that try to rule my life. I want you to be my king, Jesus. I want to listen to you. I want you to begin to tear down the paper walls of lies that I've been told growing up or maybe by a relationship that was not healthy and begin to replace it with the truth that you are saying to me. Help me to step out and to trust you like I've never trusted you before. If you know God right now is telling you it's time to move beyond a paper wall, an excuse that you've been using, 
I want to pray for you. Would you just lift your hand right where you are and just say, well, I'm ready. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. In the floor, in the balcony, I see you all the way back there in the back row. God bless you. Father, I pray for every hand going, every person saying, Lord, no more. I'm tired of it. God, you show me what you want me to do. My yes is on the table. I'm tired of making excuses. I don't want the end of my life to just to be a bunch of tired excuses for why I never stepped out and did anything for God. I never really grew. I never really followed you to anywhere that was uncomfortable or inconvenient or outside of my, 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 my schedule. God, please help us. Thank you that you love us enough that you will prod us, that you will, you will encourage us, you will challenge us to push against those paper walls. We say yes to you right now. We say no to the lies of those walls. We pray, God, that you would help us to move forward. Breakthroughs are happening. This is going to be the year of breakthroughs for many people. And I pray, God, that you would help us to continue to take steps every time we are confronted with another lie that we would be willing, with your help, God, to move through it one after another after another because we cannot follow you and hang on to our paper walls. You may lower your hands while we're still in this moment of prayer. For those of you in the room that would honestly say, I want a relationship with God. The paper wall that I have been holding on to is God doesn't really want me, couldn't forgive me. I'm not sure I can even believe it. But now I'm realizing it's just a paper wall. It's a deception. It's a lie. God does love me. It is possible. Jesus made it possible. I can trust him. I can become a child of God. I can start following him today. I can be a disciple, a follower of Jesus starting right here, right now. And if you're willing to say, I want to follow Jesus, I want him to be the Lord and the king of my life, not my excuses any longer. If this is the day and this is the moment for you to make that decision and you know God is prompting your heart right now, would you just pray this? Jesus, I'm inviting you in my life that you would be my Lord and I will follow you and what you said. And I'm going to push against the lies, the excuses. Thank you for forgiving my sin. I ask you to forgive all my sin based on your sacrifice on the cross and resurrection from the dead. If right now you would just ask, Jesus, forgive my sin and be the Lord over me completely. If you're praying that for the first time with that heads bowed, eyes closed, would you just shoot your hand up? I want to pray for you right now. Anybody here, I'm giving it all over to Jesus for the first time. Anybody here? God bless you, ma'am. I see you right there in the middle, this middle section. Anybody else? Giving it right back over here in the top. God bless you. I see you right there. Welcome to the family of God. Right over here on the right wall. God bless you, sir. Anybody, I see you right there on the back row. Brother, God bless you. Thank you, Lord. I'm right here in the middle. Lord, thank you for touching hearts today. I'm right back over here on the left. God bless you in the top. Anybody else? Father, thank you so much for the decision. I see you right there in the corner. God bless you, brother. Praise God for the... Mm. Lord, only you could do this. We're getting to witness your movement, your, your Holy Spirit at work in the hearts of people who are now a part of your family. You're expanding the population of heaven in our midst today. God, what a privilege. May you continue to do that as your word is lifted up. Jesus, you tell us when you're lifted up, you'll draw all 
people unto you. And you are doing that. Praise you for it, Lord. We pray it all in the incredible name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. For those of you who gave your life to Christ, please go by our Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. Share it with somebody that will celebrate with you. We'll see you back next week, week three, Paper Wall. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.